0: And we're going to start today with how to uh, when we address some of the decisions we don't take every day. Today it's how to prepare for retirement. Val Duggan is a specialist in life and pensions with the insurance broker Fitzgerald Flynn. Val, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Thank uh, you for having me. Now, I suppose I, I suppose the first thing uh, to address about a pension it depends what kind of employment you're in as to what kind of pension you
1: have. Absolutely. So, like, there are two main sectors, obviously the private sector and the public sector. And I think for a lot of people out there it would be the private sector Private sector would be more interested in what is going on and how to retire early. Yeah. Now, when you look at it, there are real three types of people that are in the private sector. An employee, a sole trader, and the owner of a limited company, like in a small SME. Right. Okay. Now, when some people, I think that, like, people have asked me, when should I start looking at retiring? And I've written many blogs about this. And basically, you should, the earlier uh, you think about it as in in your twenties or when you start working, the better it is for you, yeah, so an employee is somebody who I would say like is lucky to have an employer who has a defined contribution pension in place, so by that, I mean that the employer is willing to put money in, and the employee is too. I always advise the employee to take all the money, all the funds that the employer is willing to put in. So sometimes they'll go up to 5%, some are more generous. Hmm. But if the employer is willing to put in 5%, the employee must put it in. And the employee would be silly not to put the money in because the, the money that the employer is putting in is free money.
0: Right. OK, because obviously it's kind of 5% on top of what they're making anyway. Well, it's not if on top. Look, it, 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 it's not
1: necessarily on top because yeah. this goes into a pension that you cannot touch until you retire. Yeah. So it's extra. Now, also, the money that you put in, you're going to get tax relief on at, on your marginal rate. So if you put in €100, Euro, you're going to get either 20 or €40 Euro back in your paycheck.
0: Right, for doing
1: it. And then you can also add AVCs, additional voluntary contributions to that. Now, these are limited to your age and a salary cap. So if you're somebody who's 30 years of age, you can put 15% of your salary into the pension as well. Now, this is on top of the amount that you put in from the employer. By doing this, you can actually have over 20, 30 years. You can actually build up a nice fund so that when you retire, it'll be on top of the pension that you're going to get from the government if it's still there with when you actually retire.
0: Mm. Now, if you, uh, and, and, and in in these kind of um, schemes, is that the pension age is set as what or does that vary depending on the company you have it with? Now, it depends on the company. Like it's, uh, for a lot of people, uh, when you go in first,
1: you're going to have six months probation before they're going to let you into the pension scheme.
0: And why, then, why, why is that?
1: Well, your probation is your probation. Whether or not you're going to, uh, uh, like, I, I it's, it's really, you have to be a full-time employee to be a member of the pension scheme. Ah, right, scheme. I see
0: what you're asking. Yeah, it's not yeah. the company that's put you yeah, on probation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then when, uh, w- when you join the pension scheme, the first two years are basically the, the, the time when you own the money or not own the money. The money that you put in is always yours. The money that the employer puts in is his until you're there two years and one day. And after that, those funds are there and they're yours forever.
0: Right. OK. Uh, and so what age can you get access to them?
1: OK. Now, this is where uh, if, if you have a defined contribution, a contribution from a company and you leave the company, you can get access to that at the age of 50. Okay. So if you change jobs and you had an old defined contribution and you transferred it into your own name, into your, like as a personal retirement bond, then if, like you're doing another job and you're 55, you're 60, you can, if you want, access that other pension differently from the one that you'd be working on at the moment.
0: Right. In differently,
1: in what way? Well, let's say you had a second job yeah. and you're working away and you actually needed funds. You can access that old pension at the age of 50. Okay. Now, if you were self-employed, you would normally have a personal pension or a PRSA. Now, you can only access those at 60. Now, in some rules, if you have ill health, you are allowed to actually uh, access them earlier, normally at 50.
0: Right. And and in, in both those instances, it doesn't matter if you're still working, if you have an income from elsewhere.
1: No, not at all. That's why if you have an old defined contribution that's been transferred into your name, then you can have a second job different pension or a different employer and you can access that pension separately
0: right okay uh, and and so uh, if uh, and, and are we talking about, we're talking about situations where somebody's an employee largely. Now, if, you, if, if you're self-employed. Now, how that's a sole that do, trader. A right? sole trader, yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, right. A sole trader has advantages because he's working for himself. The big disadvantage, he doesn't have the employer who can actually add money into his pension. So the uh, the sole trader is totally limited to revenue limits, which basically is age related and salary related. So again, if he's 30 years of age, he can put 15% of a salary up to a cap of 115000 into a pension for himself. Mm. Now, if he's 60 years of age, he can put 40%. The older you get, the more you can put in. But again, for a sole trader... And
0: why is it capped at various points? Uh,
1: just, uh, it's just the way the, the the government revenue have actually put it in. From 30 to 39, you get 20%. From 40 to 49, you can put 25%. 55 to 59, 35%. It's just great that the nearer you get into retirement, the more you can put into your yeah,
0: pension. It's to stop people going mad and putting all their salary into their pension when they Well, no, young. they
1: also get tax relief. And you'll yeah. actually think that as somebody gets older, the... The mortgage may be paid down. The school fees may be paid down. They may have more access uh, yeah, to actually yeah. put more money in, and then you avail of your tax breaks because if you're paying forty percent tax, the more you put in, the more you get back.
0: Right. Okay. Fair, right. Fair
1: enough. Yeah. So, so these now, s- sole trader keep going. Yeah. Now, yeah. sole trader, the uh, even with that, like a sole trader would need to put in a lot of money well, all, all the limits he can from the beginning because when he comes to retirement, uh, he's not going to really have a, a huge pot to be able to retire on. Now, if, if you look at it, if somebody wants to retire now and he's earning in, in around €50,000 and he's entitled to the state pension, mm-hmm. he would need a pot of 300000 in order for him to have one and a half times his salary when he's leaving and have a salary of 50% of what he was used to.
0: Crikey.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the like, state pension
0: is what? It's like 14 grand a year or something. It's
1: 14,060 if you take in the yeah. Christmas bonus. So right. it's actually, it's, it's actually 16,795. Right, but, okay. So yeah. give or take a few P, yes, 14 grand. So if you wanted to make up the difference to 50,000, to get 50% of 50,000, you need another 11,000. And that 11000 and giving you a a cash-free amount of money, a small amount being one and a half times your salary, you will need a fund of 300000 So that's why we always say to our clients, you must and you have to look at your pension early. Yeah.
0: Uh, Right. So if somebody then uh, owns a a small or medium enterprise, if they have a company, uh, how's the difference there? Yeah.
1: To finish off the sole trader, the sole trader always has the option if he gets bigger to actually go into a limited company. And that could be an advantage. And if he doesn't do that, he can always have maybe some assets that he can sell on. And that could, that could make up part of his pension. Mm. But then you have the, uh, the company director. So he's a small SME. Now, the advantages for a company director is that, number one, he owns the company. Uh, there are revenue rules as to uh, how much money you can put into it. But roughly, a business, a company can put in a much bigger amount into a pension for the director. Now, the director can also put in the same amount that the sole trader can put in, but then the company, can, if the company has extra cash, they can actually put that money in and it's done under what is a revenue max funding limit. And that takes into account the years of service you've already had, the years that you have to retirement, what you've already put in, and you come up with a, basically a number that would work out of two thirds your salary that you're paying yourself that you can put into a pot, which would be a lot more than the 300,000.
0: Yeah. You can put in two thirds then of what
1: you're paying yourself. No, no, it's, it, no the pension that you're looking for, if you were earning a, a 100000 a year, yeah. the, the amount would be that you would uh, look for a salary of 66000 yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Now, what normally happens is that the 66000 when you pay yourself one and a half times your salary, that would be down to 50%. But in this case, because it would be an executive pension, uh, you would actually have a pot. And of that pot, you can take 25% of it tax free. Okay. Now there are limits on it. Again, mm. everything has uh, revenue limits, and the big one that we would look at would be the standard front threshold, which is again a revenue target. But this is the maximum anybody can have in a pension. Now there are back in the old days people had personal fund thresholds, and they were in excess of what it is now, which is two million. But now to get to two million is a big target. So that's why I say if somebody had a fifty grand salary and they were looking at taking 25 or 50% of that home uh, they would need to fund of 300,000 so yeah. if you've got a 100 grand salary and you want 50 grand to take home you're going to need a pot of 600 grand etc yes indeed so now the uh, the executive pension and the director uh, they probably have because they are uh, they're self-employed as well and they, they have a, 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 an extra way of putting money in because the company can put in the excess cash under those max funding limits. Now, in an ordinary employee with a, a company with a defined benefit, a, a company can put in more money than uh, for the employee, yeah. like as a special bonus. But well, it wouldn't be a bonus, but it'd be a special contribution into the pension. Mm. But the sole trader is not in a position to do that.
0: Uh, A fair few questions have already come uh, in already, uh, Val, since you started talking. Uh, I'm in my 50s, entered a pension when I was 32 and barring the annual letter, I haven't paid any attention to it. I just pay into it and take on the annual increases as suggested. Should I care what's in it at the moment? I'm hoping to retire in my mid 60s.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, you have to keep an eye on what is in. And also, uh, like, because you're in your early 50s, a lot of people think that you're going to retire at 65. But a pension is there till you actually die. So uh, the average age that people die in Ireland at the moment is around 82 Women die later than men. Okay. So uh, if you're looking at a pension saying I'm going to retire at 65, you're 52 now. It's You've got 35 or 40 years of this pension. So yes, you have to know what it's in now. You should be looking at what you're putting in and can you put in more and avail more of the revenue limits. Yeah. And then also you should ask whoever your broker is or whoever it's with to do a risk profile on you. Because you may actually be underestimating uh, the risk that you should be taking. Because obviously, the more risk you take, the more rewards you'll get, the bigger the pot will be. Now, you have ample time.
0: By risk, you mean uh, putting more money into it or taking up motorbiking?
1: (laughs) No, no, not at all. It would be, uh, let's say, having more equities in the portfolio than cash or bonds
0: okay this is the thing that they yeah yeah okay and um, and if you have
1: uh, like 15 years to retirement and then you have the retirement itself you have 40 years that you need to look at investing and you have to take a risk otherwise when you start taking the funds out you'll have no money left when you when you want to enjoy
0: it yeah as soon as you mentioned death uh, uh, new questions come in what happens if you die
1: okay if the, if, if you're in a, an ordinary uh, if an employee in a company and you have a pot of a hundred thousand in your pension that goes to your estate right so if uh, if you're a young person and you don't have an awful lot in the pot uh, a lot of companies would have a death and service which would pay four times your salary again to your estate
0: right okay so whoever uh, yeah. is inheriting that will get that i assume martin says aren't once now aren't pensions in the construction industry compulsory from the age of 20. Well I don't
1: do much in the con- in the construction industry they do have their own pension uh, that people uh, pay into and the employer pays into that but uh, it's uh, what what what's happening now in Ireland is that we're going to have uh, auto enrolment coming in now they may have it already in for the construction industry ah, right, but even yeah. for us it'll be sometime in 24 where you will have to have a pension or you'll have to contribute but there will be an opt out OK, and in what circumstances can you have an opt-out? Well, you just tick the box to say, I don't want to have a pension. All right.
0: <laughs> OK, OK, well, that's uh, that's very straightforward. Uh, is it true that you get a tax break when adding to your pension, but the state claw it back when you draw it down? Or, or do you end better off?
1: OK, better off? When, let's say you put €100 euro in uh, every month and you're on a 40% uh, tax. So you get back into your paycheck €40. Euro, yeah. And this goes on for the rest of your life. So what happens is that the money goes in tax-free, well, you get your tax back. Mm. That accumulates tax-free. And when you start uh, drawing it down, so you actually crystallise the pension, you get the first 25% tax-free. And then the government taxes you on the balance that you take out as earnings. Right. So okay. you're on the So, But like if, if you were earning 30-odd thousand from your pension, you're going to pay very little tax. So what you have put in and you got 40% back and what's accumulated over the life of it is certainly worth an awful lot more. Also, you're getting your 25% of the fund back tax-free. Well, that would also be under revenue limits. Again, it's the 2 million and it's 25% yeah. of the 2 million. And yeah. there's but no but,
0: but does, does that mean in practical terms that, like, say, for the, you retire and for the first few years while well, you're drawing down the first 25% of that pot, no, no, no. you're not paying any tax?
1: No, you get the actual... If, if you had, we'll say, the 300,000 in your pension pot mm. and you draw it down, you get 125,000 into your hand. Thank you very
0: much. Right, OK, gotcha. The yeah.
1: balance of that fund is put into an approved retirement fund. And on your 61st birthday, you have to take 4%. That's a revenue imputed limit. So you take that 4%, you get, of the balance of the fund, you roughly get uh, 9,000 a year. So when you're 66, uh, you would have the government pension and you'd have your 9,000.
0: Okay, I see. Uh, How does the contribution cap work for couples who are jointly assessed? Would the cap apply to both parties' contributions, so one single cap for both sets of contributions?
1: No, it's an individual limit. Also, the tax-free amount is an individual one. So, like, for the maximum amount you can get tax-free in a fund is 200000 which is a lifetime limit for each individual. So, if the two couple, if the couple, married couple or, or otherwise, if they had 300,000 each, they would both get 125,000 tax free and they would both have two, uh, two pensions each where they would have to take an imputed 4% uh, from their 61st birthday.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I'm putting money into an AVC at the moment. Uh, I started doing this a couple of years ago. At the time, I chose a high risk investment option. Is it possible to change my risk level at this stage? I'm in my 30s. All right. Well, it is
1: possible. You can certainly you can put it into a much lower risk. There's always options that the trustees have uh, given you. They might have given you five or six different funds they're normally rated between 1 and 7 1 being let's say cash and 7 being very risky mm. so if she's in a, a an equity fund and that that's rated between 5 and 6 if she's feeling very nervous about the markets yes she can reduce it down to a 3 or a 2 but my advice would be that if she's 30 years of age she has 60 years uh, that she's going to need this fund and she has plenty of time to uh, see or to accept shocks in the market and her pension will move up and down. If the pension is down, the stuff that she's putting in now, she will be putting in at a much lower level and then when it grows, it'll, it'll all grow together. But she has plenty of time to keep it at a higher risk.
0: Yeah. Uh, why does that revenue take 48% of savings in Irish life when I withdraw? If that makes sense to you.
1: No, what they take uh, is, uh, it's a 41% tax on, uh, that's a gross roll-up. So if you've got a savings account and uh, it's with uh, an insurance company, that's called a wrapper. And uh, what happens is that, first off, the government takes 1% stamp duty off you, and that's a pure tax. So you put Mm. in, uh, well, you put in 100 grand, they take 1,000 for tax. And then what happens is that the fund is, you you pick the investment that you want, it goes into a managed fund, and that grows. After eight years, the insurance company must take 41% of the growth, not of what you put in. Right, not Uh, of the whole amount, yes. And they take 41% of that growth as tax. And then, so let's say you had uh, 141,000. So they take 41% of the 41 grand. Mm. So, yeah. and then that rolls on again. And then eight years time. So year 16, they take another 41%. Oh, God,
0: you have to keep that in your <laughs> well, diary. <laughs> well, in also,
1: uh, well, if you take it early, you're taxed early.
0: Yeah. So, ah, right. right. Okay, so like if,
1: like if you take it after year four, you're taxed the 41% after year four.
0: Uh, another person says, "I'm expecting an inheritance this year from a deceased aunt. It'll be a sizable sum, about thirty grand. Can I put that into the pension to avail of the tax breaks?"
1: No, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, they're cute, the government. Aren't yeah,
1: they? no, no, no. Well, what what they can do is that they can. Uh, your what you can put into the pension on your age is. Uh, your earned income. So, if you're earning a salary and you haven't put money into a pension, you can actually put more in and uh, substitute what you're putting in from the money that you're getting from your aunt. Mm. You can also backdate this a year. So, because uh, personal taxes are taxed up to the end of October. So, if somebody's doing a tax return, they can do the tax return in October 23 for the year 2022. So she could put in five or six grand, it, as, assuming that's the right age and her salary. She could go and do it for 2022 and 2023.
0: Right, to make it more efficient that way. I yeah. took redundancy and have a preserved benefit pension. What does that mean, Lily wants to know? I have no idea. I'm yeah. very yeah. sorry. Yeah, preserved. I've never I'd, heard that term before either. I am I know it about pensions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, now... now For a lot of young people listening, though, Val, you know, cost of living, accommodation, they probably don't have a lot of uh, money to put into a pension. And there probably are people listening who never did have money to put into a pension. Um, Are you banjacks? Like if you're in your 50s or something and you don't have a pension...
1: Well if you're in your 50s and you don't have a pension and you're self-employed or otherwise uh now if you're an employee you should be asking your employer like it is is your, you you have a right for the employer to actually uh not put money into the pension but to actually uh, set one up for you so mm-hmm. you can have a PRSA that you could put money in yeah so the employer doesn't have to do it yet until auto enrollment comes in, then there's going to be all new terms and conditions. But for a 50-year-old who hasn't started a pension, well, if he has somebody, he, he could have other assets and he's going to use those for his retirement. But in theory, uh, if he's got his stamps paid up fully in that, he will just be entitled to, when he's 66, the government pension of roughly 14 grand. If he can live on that, That's very good, but I would certainly suggest that he starts putting in as much as he can and at 50 years of age, you can get 25% back in your, well, you can take 25% of the 115,000 and put it into a pension.
0: Yeah. Is uh, Is there an age though where you'd kind of say it's too late now?
1: No, it's never too late. I've had a client who started a pension at
0: 74 years of age. Okay, (laughs) There's an optimistic person. Uh, Somebody wants to know, what is an ARF and an AMRF?
1: Okay, The AMRF no longer exists since January last year, which was an approved minimum retirement fund. I will not go into that. Okay. So the ARF is an approved retirement fund. So when you have a pension and you're with an employer and you have the defined contribution, you, you have that pension. So what happens is that when you leave the company, you want to put that pension into your name. So that goes into your own personal retirement bond. Now, the day that you decide to crystallise it and take your 25%, you get your 25% and the balance is transferred into an approved retirement fund. And that way, revenue can monitor it. And when you're 61 years of age, you have to take 4%. And when you're 70, you have to take 5%. Mm.
0: Now, in a lot of pension planning, there's a kind of, excuse me, there's an assumption that uh, the person may have paid off their mortgage. But increasingly, we're living in the age where people can't get a mortgage and perhaps are renting uh, into later life. That must be a difficulty then if you're calculating what kind of pension you're going to have if you may be paying rent after you retire.
1: Yes, that's the, that is the that is a very unfortunate situation that if you're somebody who is retiring uh, next year and you, you get your pension and normally, well, wh- what you're going to be on is roughly 50%, you hope, of what you were on. But if you still have uh, a rent to pay every month mm. then you still have one of the biggest bills that you have to pay continuously and you are going to struggle and you may need support
0: Yeah and unfortunately there's an, possibly an increasing amount of people who are going to find themselves in that situation in the future Val, very illuminating having you in uh, with us today thank you so much for doing that Thanks That was time. Val Diggan there a specialist in life and pensions with Fitzgerald Flynn who are an insurance broker uh, based in Dublin